Welcome back to Ravens Recap. We are here today uh, to talk about the Steelers game upcoming. Uh, another classic uh, Ravens-Steeler matchup at Heinz Field this Sunday. Uh, it should be a fun one. And uh, today we have joining with us, uh, actually my coworker Andrew. How you doing, man? Doing well, doing well. Excited. So Andrew, how'd you get into the Steelers? Uh, it's a pretty good story, actually. Um, I started watching Steelers back in like... 2010 um i'm originally from canada i met my wife on a cruise uh she turned out she lived in pittsburgh so um me being canadian didn't really have a solid football team outside of the bills and you know they've sucked for a while and up until now of course um but yeah started watching the steelers got to see a super bowl got to see you know big ben is prime so uh, i got pretty lucky and jumped on the train then nice it's always good to start your first season of fandom out as a as a Super Bowl champion Alec and I we started watching basically when we were eight years old which was when the Ravens had that season we watched it the whole way through so we're not we're not total you know total bandwagon we we saw it from the beginning <laughs> and Chris too right probably I mean I remember some yeah some from 2000 yeah nice. I'm not gonna say that I was uh, Ravens recap ready uh, eight years old, <laughs> I don't think any of us were we were in fourth grade or whatever <laughs> we thought we were though dude I, I, I told you I, I still remember every single game from that year at least I some believe, of each game yeah I, I believe Peter might be but I definitely was not <laughs> but yeah Ravens uh, Steelers obviously a huge huge rivalry yeah I guess actually that's a great question um, 2010 was a very interesting time for both the Ravens and the Steelers especially with the rivalry I think in in some ways it was the peak of that um what was your uh i guess reaction to the to that rivalry the first time that you you really saw it and really understood that like this is the the big matchup well i mean at least from the ravens perspective i don't know if it was always the steelers uh, perspective that that was the game you had circled every year uh, i definitely was um, especially as i got to know my wife's family a little bit better they're you know diehard steeler fans once you um, start to hear the smack talk going on, you're like, okay, this is real. Um, and then you, you know, wade your way into the first Steelers and Ravens match. And, you know, they're just smashing each other, right? Like true physical football, as I understand it. Um, and hopefully we'll get a little bit of that, this, you know, this weekend, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, just an incredible, incredible rivalry. Um, it reminds me of some of the great rivalries, like, you know, uh, in hockey, it's like Toronto against Montreal, you know, that kind of deal where it's just those rivalries that just extend beyond time and, and the faces that are in it. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. These matchups are classically close, despite, you know, sometimes there's clearly a better team. And like maybe this year we'll say the Ravens are the better team. Doesn't mean this game won't be close because there's been many years where either side was the, the juggernaut and the other team found a way to keep it within three points. I haven't looked at the spread yet. I will sometime at this episode and we'll bring it up. But I imagine it's around that, you know, maybe it's because uh, it's in Heinz Field. I mean, yeah, I could see it being like four points, you know, and <laughs> that's going to be like kind of right on the money because even if the Ravens do run away with it, kind of like what Cincinnati did last week against you guys, it doesn't mean that they weren't that close to being in a, in a slugging, you know, battle of who's going to sustain and, and win. Uh, you know, I can see it definitely going either way. Oh yeah, especially I mean with the when the Ravens got trounced by the Bengals earlier this year, immediately the next week, then the Bengals got trounced by the Browns. So it's yeah, it's it's going to be all over the place. I mean, any who knows what's going to happen. It's definitely something that, you know, the Ravens definitely cannot take for granted. Hopefully they don't. 
gosh, the worst outcome I think that we could have for this game is that they like somehow overlook the Steelers to play the Browns, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's a division matchup. I think uh, I think they know who the Steelers are. They know the history. <laughs> they know that this isn't going to be a, a cakewalk game that they can overlook like <clears throat> the Miami game. <laughs> I think to start off, we should start breaking down the offense, though. So, of course, at the helm, as it has been for over a decade now, you got Ben Roethlisberger, definitely looking old, definitely looking a little tired. Um, do you think this is his last year? I think so. Um, you know, part of me wishes he kind of would have called it last year, let them start to do a true rebuild. But, um, you know, I can understand Ben wanting to come back, especially watching him on that last game, kind of breaking down on the bench. That was that was tough to watch. But, yeah, he's he's looking old. And then you had questions about his arm and, you know, with the way the playbook's working right now, not a whole lot of shots down the field, which is unfortunate. Tons of short passing. So, you know, you would hope that the run game would help to kind of support Ben a little bit. Uh, obviously we didn't see that last game and yeah he's just you know he's looking a little old let's go into the run game a little bit I mean I know um, overall Najee Harris has been um, a pretty good pickup I think for the Steelers Um, I didn't actually have a chance to to rewatch the Bengals game but what sort of problems did he have in that game you know what's what wasn't working as far as the run game and at least from what you've seen so far like what what is working with uh, with him in, in the run game I mean, I would say in the game last, um, the Bengals game, you know, only getting, I think they gave him eight touches of the ball the entire game, which, you know, just isn't enough, especially for a young running back like that. Um, we definitely have issues with having a really, really young offensive line who's also got injuries going on. So, you know, not a whole lot of uh, space being made, unfortunately. Um, but Najee's like, you know, one of the bright, bright spots of the Steelers team right now, um, you know, and I'd like to see them use him more especially with uh, Matt Canada and the kind of calling he's been making. But if you don't give him the ball, he's not going to be a difference maker. Yeah, he's certainly off to a good start this year. Uh, Already has 708 rushing yards, 52 receptions as well. Although it is interesting, he does seem right now to be more of a volume guy than a true explosive player, averaging 3.6 yards per carry on the ground and 6.8 yards receiving. But from what you've said, it sounds like that's more indicative of the offense surrounding him right now, maybe not giving him as big of running lanes and more short dump off passes than things deeper from Ben at this stage in his career. Exactly. And that's kind of my read of it too. Just some weird play calling going on, you know, like I think they used Benny Snell Jr. a couple of times in the first uh, sequences of the game, which was kind of odd. He's clearly a threat. You just have to get him involved. And to your point, volume's going to be nothing but a good thing for him. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. You know, I had that hot take, and I'm really excited to see him this week against the Ravens defense, where I was just like, he looked a little slow to me. I didn't know if um, his bruising nature would really translate to the NFL, and I was kind of concerned, you know, well, not really, but (laughs) he was a rival. But I was like, I don't know if that was a great pick by the Steelers. I think he's potentially just a guy. So uh, excited to see how he plays against us. I definitely think... He's a decent receiving threat. Um, actually, he has a pretty darn good efficiency there, catching most of the things thrown his way, getting some yards. You know, I think that's definitely um, something to look out for is obviously his contributions to the running game, but he is a, a dual threat there as a receiving uh, back as well. Yeah, totally agree. Moving on to the receiving group. So this group's a little beat up. Um, you still got Deontay Johnson there who's healthy, but you guys have lost Juju Smith-Schuster. Eric Ebron recently went down. But you do have Pat Fryermuth, who's rookie as well. He's actually come on pretty well as late, especially as a red zone target. Uh, Chase Claypool playing through an injury. 
what's your take on the receivers right now? Um, I'm a little concerned about uh, Firemouth being out this game. I think he has con- a concussion. Um, so that's going to kind of suck. He's definitely developed into that kind of like old school um, Heath Miller kind of role, you know, where um, he's definitely becoming a bit of a fan favorite. Uh, and I like watching him play. Um, but I'm, a, you know, slightly concerned about him being out. I really liked Dante. I think he's doing well, especially um, this year. I don't think he has any drops so far. Um, they did a nice little piece about him catching tennis balls pregame, which is, you know, kind of cool. And hey, must be working. I can't knock it, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's unfortunately the best thing we have going on right now. I think Chase Claypool, I'm a bit of a Claypool truther, but that's probably the Canadian in me. Um, an objective <laughs> take of him is he's huge and physical, but he's got to win those, you know, toss ups like he's got to use his body more. He had a pretty good catch in the last game. I think it was 41 yards down the side there, but he's got to kind of be more of a presence. And then he's coming out and talking about playing music beforehand <laughs> yeah. uh, before playing the game and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, diehard Steeler fans are going to be like that. You don't, you know, you don't understand the culture here, which is unfortunate after such a good rookie season. So we're missing, we're missing Juju for sure. Ben doesn't always help the receiving core. Um, so it's, it's a bit of a tough situation. Yeah. I don't know if, uh, if Claypool's going to work out the way I thought he was when I got him in uh, Dynasty. So we'll see. I, I still kind of believe in him. I think he's a little bit more raw of a talent than um, some of the wide receivers, but I thought I would see a bigger jump in year two. But, you know, not not too late for a year three uh, breakout. I did, th- I did find the music comment kind of funny, too, uh, when he said that. I was like, oh, you know, that'll be interesting. But uh, sounds like Juju's not going to be back next year. We'll see where he lands, but... I definitely think the wide receiver core, um, you know, despite the history of the Steelers always finding a guy later rounds that ends up being a great player, isn't as threatening this year as it has been in years prior. Yeah, I totally agree. And that was kind of, you know, that's my takeaway as well, which, you know, kind of sucks. You know, for the past 10 years, you could really just know that the Steelers are going to pull some wide receiver, you know, out of nowhere. And be an amazing W3, wait for someone else to get offloaded like an Antonio Brown and next guy up, right? That's always been kind of the Steelers philosophy, next guy up. But both on the offense and the defense, we're seeing that kind of next guy up theory deteriorate a bit because we just don't have the talent pool. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of concerning. So I know you said you guys aren't in a full rebuild right now, but one position group that has already, I guess you could say, gone through a premature rebuild is the offensive line. Uh, very different from last year. Uh, Ravens fans know that Marquise Pouncey retired. You have Big Al Villanueva is on the Ravens and is older. Um, <laughs> that's one way we can put that's, it. That's all you have to say. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like, I, I don't want to speak speak bad of this guy to to, to a Steelers fan because like I know he's had a, he had a great uh, career in Pittsburgh and from my understanding the fans really love this guy. Um, Andrew can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, he has not been playing well for the Ravens. I mean, he's been serviceable in some games and the liability in others. Uh, so I am interested in this game in in, in this matchup. I should say. I'm curious Andrew's take on this because if I were the Steelers, I would think that, you know, they let this guy go. They know what he can do at his best, and they obviously know that he's lost a step. So I would think they're going to try and attack him and will know his weaknesses inside and out. Uh, So I think that's going to be – that has potential to be a major liability more so than usual this week, the Ravens having 
Villanueva at left tackle. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, my understanding of him over the past couple of years is, yeah, he was, you know, someone Steelers fans really did love. Uh, and it was unfortunate that he left. But uh, to your point, you know, lost a bit of a step. Um, so becomes a little bit of a liability. Uh, so, you know, I would hope that we would go and exploit that, um, you know, especially from with the call from Tomlin to be like, you know, let's go all in man to man, you know, go and play your position and play it physically. Um, so it makes sense that they would target him. But, you know, who knows which version of this Steelers group is going to show up this game. You know, that's kind of my take. Yeah, I do think that's an interesting point you just made right there. Um, not really knowing what Steelers team is going to show up for Sunday. What's been your take on the defense overall? Obviously, they've had some injuries and a little bit of turnover. I've seen them have some some big performances this year, and then we saw them get torched by the Bengals just last week. What's the confidence level in this, among the Steelers fan base in this defense right now? Uh, it's it's unfortunately low. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you go out and you sign some big guys and, you know, you got TJ Watt out there making a ton of money. He was a huge difference maker, you know, in most games and a huge part of the way that defense plays, but didn't really show up last game. Um, Micah Fitzpatrick's obviously a beast as well, Um, but just tons of injuries. It's been tough on the injury front. I mean, that's the NFL and it's going to happen. But again, I kind of go back to that, like next man up philosophy just doesn't seem to have the talent to back up the losses that we, we currently have. God, you know, just talking about our run defense right now, like that's that's ultimately what scares me most about this matchup, especially Lamar. I mean, we saw what Justin Herbert did. I'm not looking forward to seeing a repeat of that with a quarterback who's more mobile and quicker um, against our defensive line that doesn't seem to be able to stop the run at all and then also likes to give up huge plays on the back end. So, you know, you got Hollywood Brown who could probably run a pretty good route and just get annihilated if um, our cornerbacks don't show up. So it's, it's kind of tough all over the field, but again, if they, if they show up, I think they should be able to stop the run a little bit, but that's my major concern. I don't know how this current defense contains Lamar Jackson. Yeah. So we're recording Tuesday. And I think as of yesterday, uh, TJ Watt was put on the reserve COVID list. So, you know, has anybody heard any news otherwise that as far as I'm concerned, he has the potential to be out, which I think could be huge for the Ravens. Um, yeah, I mean, the last couple of matchups that we've faced when TJ's been there, I mean, he's just been a, a huge problem for us. In fact, a lot of the matchups that uh, in the Lamar era of the Ravens against the Steelers have been really, really tight games, and I think he's been a, a big piece of that. Uh, the only other guy I think on the D-line, at least as far as scares me a little bit, is Cam Hayward. I mean, he's been there for, gosh, like 10 years now. He's been there a long, long time. And yeah. just consistently is able to show up. Uh, he always reminds me of just like uh, like the old Steeler Aaron Smith was, I think, another one of those guys who's around there forever, played a similar position. You know, it just never seems to fail with, with a guy like Cam Hayward. It just even if he's not known nationally around the league, he still is always just performing at a high level. How's he been doing this year? I mean, he's been a beast when he's been put in his proper position. I mean, he was getting double teamed all last game. Um, which makes him, you know, obviously less effective, but Pittsburgh faithful absolutely love him. And any, if, if anything were to happen to him, I would, I think that's a more crushing blow than losing any other player on that field, even, you know, including big Ben, he's kind of the heart and soul of that defense and he can knock passes down. He will bull rush. He's an absolute monster. So it'll be interesting to see how the Ravens play him, but if you double team him, you can, you see the kind of issues that presents, especially again, with what happened with the Bengals. 
So one position group we haven't talked about yet is the secondary. You guys obviously have uh, Minka Fitzpatrick back there, who's uh, that was an excellent trade pulled off with Miami to get him back there. I believe Joe Hayden was out last week, so that was part of the secondary concerns you guys had against the Bengals. Um, what does the health of the secondary look like coming into this game? I mean, I'll feel better if Hayden's playing, you know, and obviously it's good when Fitzpatrick's playing. Steelers play a lot of zone defense. Uh, so, you know, having Hayden in obviously is very, very important. I just don't think we have the backups for for that position to really, again, cover like a Brown or someone like that. So definitely vulnerable without a Hayden sitting back there. <laughs> Yeah, I know um, Lamar is definitely looking for a bounce-back game after four interceptions against the Browns. That was his first game back from his non-COVID, non-flu-like illness, which we still are not sure what it was. So he's definitely looking for a bounce-back game. And I know, um, you know, as far as the wide receivers go for the Ravens, I know uh, Sammy Watkins had said something, I think it was last week, basically now that everybody's healthy, they're looking for sort of a breakout game of, of all these guys. So It'll be interesting to see if, if this is that game. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to say that I think it is the game, but uh, it would certainly be interesting, especially uh, you know knowing that in this matchup, you know I'm, I'm sure the Steelers are looking for the Ravens to kind of lean on their run game and and kind of go back to you know old school Ravens offensive football. It would be really something if if they decided, nah, we're not going to do that and we're just going to throw it all over the place. I mean, if the pass rush can't get to Lamar, he's, you know, he's going to have time and space to to hit who he wants. And, you know, that might play into your favor. Uh, I'm hoping the pass rush, you know, doesn't allow that to happen. But Lamar's, Lamar's tricky. When he is on, he is on. He can roll out and chuck it downfield. And it's that's that's the part that's really, you know, scares you as someone who's, you know, watching him play. So I'd be, I'd be fine if he throws another four interceptions, but apparently <laughs> you can do that and still win. So, <laughs> yep. you know. Yeah, the, the interceptions, though, are an interesting thing to bring up. I know the Steelers' defense is, is uh, different than it has been uh, the past couple of seasons, but Lamar Jackson has only faced the Steelers twice so far. Uh, his fourth year in the NFL, surprisingly, has only started against the Steelers twice. That was because flat, uh, he didn't take over for from for Flacco in 2018 until after the Ravens had played the Steelers twice. 2019, uh, Lamar doesn't start the last game of the season, which is against Pittsburgh. And, of course, the infamous COVID game from last year, Lamar was not uh, there. But Lamar's 1-1 one one against the Steelers, the one win. He needed overtime to do it. And he has seven turnovers in those games. Seven turnovers, which... Yep. I know he had a lot of turnovers last game, but that is atypical of Lamar. So I don't know. I, I Andrew, you can correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm if I'm wrong to be uh, a little nervous about this game, but I think that whatever the personnel is of the Steelers, I think Mike Tomlin understands Lamar and can you know take advantage of of some of the deficiencies in his game. So I mean, hopefully he gets a lot of yards, but I I uh, particularly have a bit of concern about the turnovers that could happen. And I think those could be pretty big swings in this game. The Ravens aren't able to, f- to figure out what went wrong the previous two matchups and, and have a game plan of how to negate that. I mean, and if what Tomlin's done as a coach and kind of the media, you know, making the call to the players to be like, you guys got to show up and, you know, actually play this game and not give up like you did with the Bengals twice this season. I think it could be a really close game. I think they could really pressure Lamar and, you know, maybe get some turnovers that way. Again, it's just, does that, does that team show up? Does that, 
you know, old school kind of Steelers physical. We're playing the freaking Ravens here. Team show up or not, they better or else, you know, <laughs> one of the things, unfortunately, in, in, you know, Pittsburgh is there's a lot of bridges to jump off. So uh, the Steelers faithful <laughs> are quick to do that, um, especially losing against the Ravens. You know, it's tough to lose against the Bengals who you've been owned. You know, we've absolutely owned them for 10 years. As long as I've watched the Steelers, you know, losing to right. the Bengals is very, very rare. I remember just annihilating Andy Dalton. You know, those are the good times. But going from two losses, of 41 points against into a Ravens game, if you can't show up there, oof, your season isn't. You know, if it wasn't in trouble before, I think it's dead on arrival then. Yeah, the Steelers' defense is really interesting. Not great against the run this year. Fifth worst in the league. And then their their passing defense is a little bit better. I echo Peter, though. Like, if the turnovers happen, you know, physical game, turnovers happen, that is the number one way the game can get out of hand for the Ravens. I mean, that's how it's gone out of hand almost every time that they lost is, um, you know, bad turnovers and getting stifled. I think... That trend is really interesting of seven interceptions and what you said, two games, right, Peter? Well, it's actually it's actually five interceptions, two fumbles lost. Okay, sorry. Yeah. So the seven turnovers, though, that's, that is a lot. And I'm really curious to see, uh, particularly after this big turnover game for Lamar, if he's able to have a clean game, you know, no, no turnovers. It'd be useful, to say the least. How has Lamar looked with bounce-back games like that? Does he generally come back? as a force or is he kind of timid? He generally doesn't have bad games unless it's in the playoffs. And he doesn't have a chance till the next year. <laughs> like I'm, not, I'm, I'm just being honest, you know, <laughs> what do you guys think? I feel like we don't see too many bad games from Lamar with Lamar. I think the, the key to him is just, how do I put this? I want to put this in a way that's not offensive, but just, I guess just keeping his emotions in check. Cause like he definitely is never timid out on the football field, but he can definitely get frustrated and try and play, hero ball when he's had a couple bad series or when when the team uh when the offense just isn't gelling um so that's really the big thing in my opinion to look out for with with Lamar generally after a bad game he I I always feel like he starts the game the same way but if the offense is stalling and and the Ravens need a score there is the chance for him to to try and do too much that's going to be the big thing to watch out for if the Steelers are able to get some some big stops early in the game. Yeah, I watched some of that Browns game um, and, you know, some of the dropbacks and crazy running around that he was doing, you know, Browns being the Browns obviously like to screw that up and not take advantage um, and let him, you know, get out of some crazy situations. I'm hoping that the Steelers secondary doesn't allow that to happen. I think, you know, if they do and they do kind of show up the way the Browns secondary did, then I'm then I'm worried. But again, you got to get to the quarterback first. And that's ultimately my chief concern because, you know, Taco is not going to do that. Um, we just, you know, you got to get to Lamar. So we um, we put up a poll on our Twitter uh, asking everyone to, you know, from a Ravens perspective, what's your favorite uh, all-time game between the Ravens and Steelers? Obviously, the Twitter is going to show, you know, the games where the Ravens won. I was just curious, from your perspective as a Steelers fan, what's your all-time favorite matchup uh, between the the Ravens and Steelers that they've played. Oh man, that's tough. Um, I don't know if I could come up with one on the spot. Like I'd have to actually sit and think about it. I know one that I would pick if I yeah. were a Steelers fan. <laughs> Me too. I mean, you can go for it. I. <laughs> I mean, if I were a Steelers fan, I, I I feel like I'd have to go to the 2008 AFC Championship game. I was thinking the uh, immaculate extension. 
Oh, that was God. actually what I was thinking of too. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about yeah, that, that game too. was so crazy. The Ravens were winning yeah. uh, by two touchdowns, I believe, going into halftime. Yep, and then that's when we all. That's when Ravens fans. Oh, were you know what? Antonio Brown. Oh, yeah, you know. I do remember that one. <laughs> oh, you know. Yeah, you know what? Another one also could be the uh, that twenty was it the twenty ten playoff game. I was at that game. I don't know why I didn't think of that one. That was horrible. The Ravens went into halftime up twenty one to seven, I believe. I think we're talking about the same game, but that one was in Pittsburgh. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were. I, Alec had mentioned the immaculate extension. That's that was 2016, though. That was that was different. Yeah, oh, yeah. extension. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was sorry. Thinking, I thought, I was, I thought yeah. Alex said reception. I heard that, I, and then I ignored the immacul- what you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, the immaculate reception is Franco Harris, but I thought he was referring to um, that game. Uh, Big Ben threw, and Antonio Brown caught the ball on his helmet. Yeah, I remember that. To basically, one. ice the game for the Steelers. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I was, yeah, I was talking about the one where he like. Looks like he got stopped at the one, and then he just goes, boop, you know? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's ruined Christmas too. that year. That was that was Christmas Eve football. Yeah, yeah. I remember I remember watching with family and just being like, no. Nah. <laughs> the worst. Oh, man. That one did suck, but, I mean, 2016, the Steelers nor the Ravens did anything that year, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. true. That's true. <laughs> well, certainly a uh, lot of... Very storied history between these two franchises. Uh, I guess now we're going to go into our score and bold predictions. Andrew, you are the guest, so we always give you the option of going first, but you do not have to take it if you do not want to. <laughs> I, w- I will go first. Um, my, I think Steelers, Steelers will take it 24-20. I think it's going to be a tight game, as they always are. I'm hoping that the Steelers that show up are the ones that want to play and you know are volunteers, not passengers. That's kind of my call, but it will be tight. You know, it'll be it'll be a turnover that decides it, which seems to be nine out of ten games between the Steelers and the Ravens. You have any sort of bold predictions? Things that might uh, go down? Ben going to throw for four touchdowns? Najee going to have two hundred rushing yards? I'd say Najee has. Yeah, Najee runs in for two touchdowns. That would be my bold prediction. Okay. I don't even know if that's bold. (laughs) (laughs) It's similar to my bold prediction where it's like certainly in the range of outcomes and game flow, but like it doesn't happen that often. So it feels kind of bold. True. True. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, if we always picked like somebody to get three touchdowns or like a a 200 yard game, like, you know, something Hall of Fame worthy, then we would never get any bold predictions. Even our less bold, not bold predictions, we barely get at all anyway. So (laughs) football, Uh, it's random. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I'll jump in next then if no one else is going to. Good. I'll start out with my bold prediction. I think that I watched a bit of of the previous two games the Steelers have played against the Chargers and the Bengals. Steelers' offensive line looks not great, uh, particularly the left side. I think that the Ravens have found some things working well with the pass rush, and I, I think the Ravens, this is their sack party game. They'll get at least five sacks, maybe more. Oh, as far as what's going to happen in the game, the score prediction, man, this this one is tough, and I'm going to be honest, it reeks of trap game. It just reeks of trap game to me for the Ravens. Uh, the Steelers are coming off a trouncing. They've just gotten beat by the Bengals three times in a row. Like Andrew said, Tomlin's calling the team out in the media that they need to step up. I still got to pick the Ravens, though, but I definitely don't feel confident about it. I'm going to say I'm going to say the Ravens win 19 to 16 in overtime. Okay. And I do not feel confident about it. <laughs> I can't take another ugly game like that, dude. Come on, man. Could this be worse. You could have tied Ravens, Detroit. <laughs> right. Oh, don't don't reopen that debate. 
So oh, you man. said 1916 Ravens OT? Yeah. Wow. Chris, you can go ahead and steal another bold prediction of mine or something. Or I know Peter <laughs> just did it. Peter just did it, so I'm like over here scrambling. I'll, I'll throw this out there. Um, I did just look it up, so I was pretty close. Ravens are a four-and-a-half-point favorite going into the Heinz Field with an over-under of 44 points. So far, it looks like we're betting the under. All right. Uh, I'll throw this out there. Uh, I'm going to go back to my man Bateman because we talked about him last episode as being a red zone threat. I think this game, he'll get his touchdown. And I'm going to say it's bold because I've done this literally four weeks in a row and he's yet to get a touchdown. So it's got to happen eventually is what I'm telling myself. I think Bateman's really due, just as a quick aside, because it was funny. I was listening to a, to a, a, a reputable fantasy podcast today and they're going over players you should drop and they were like you know ranking on like a zero to ten scale and they were just they Rashad Bateman's name come up and they were just like yeah definite drop and I was like okay he's about to break out then <laughs> the fantasy community's turned on him definite <laughs> drop god yikes for what I, I, I don't know I don't know <laughs> I can't I can't imagine a league where I'm looking at the waiver wire particularly the wide receiver and I'm like oh yeah definitely dropping Rashad Bateman for this scrub like, I'll, I'll just bring up I'll just bring up the top the top receiver available in our season league right now. So top receiver available in our league would be Russell Gage, followed by oh, Curtis God. Samuel and Khalif what? Raymond. Could you imagine? <laughs> I mean, I think we're a sharper oh, okay. league, maybe the most, but like even still, come on. Yeah, I I can't buy that. What? Hey, hey, if anyone wants to drop Rashad Bateman in the league I'm in, feel free because I don't think I have him anywhere in a league. Um, except for I have only like one league, so like, yeah, go ahead, drop him. He's horrible. He's terrible, and I uh, will surely make a waiver priority to go get him. Oh man! But then you have to drop Tyson Williams to get him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh jeez, feel exposed. Uh, yeah, we didn't. Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, we didn't even talk about him this game. Yeah, we're, we're, we're still waiting for uh, Tyson season to make a resurgence, but I think it, uh, that light is slowly Man. slowly fading off in the distance. There you go, Alec. There's a bold prediction for you. Over 10 yards of total offense for Tyson Williams. Yeah, I'll take it. I was actually about to make that joke because I was like, <laughs> fine, Tyson Williams does something. And uh, Tyson Williams, over 10 yards of production. <laughs> There you go, guys. There's your player prop lock of the week. I, I'm actually right. curious what this player prop is. I might be in. <laughs> All right. Well, before I get let you get to your real bull prediction, I like I'll throw my score prediction. Um, I, I do think that there might be uh, a turnover that kind of uh, seals the game here. I do like the Ravens on this one, though. At least until Lamar shows me otherwise, I do think it's going to be somewhat low scoring. So I'm going to say twenty to ten Ravens. I think maybe there's a last-minute fumble or interception that turns into a touchdown and, and breaks the game open. That's totally fair. I already wrote in the document, Chris, Tyson Williams for over 10 yards. If that's not bold enough, I'll juice it to 20. But uh, I feel like 10 I, is kind of bold. I, 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 feel like we were, so I feel like we were putting words in your mouth, so you have, you know, if, if you had another one, you could throw it out. Oh, no, I was actually thinking of making, like, for the memes and also maybe the will it into the world to go with Tyson. So, like, I'm totally cool with it. Um, I... I think I'll put it a uh, another bold prediction, uh, just to throw it out there to piggy bank off of uh, Peter, because I was also thinking five sacks. I'm gonna say two of them are from Bowser. I think Bowser just keeps on rolling. Two sacks for Bowser. Throw that in there as well. 
My question is, how many touches do you think Tyson would need to get 10 yards? <laughs> if he plays one. like he did against the Raiders, it could be one. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one of those things where they gave him like two opportunities. He didn't do much with it. But like, if they do it again and he actually does something, he might get more touches. It was like, gave you a chance. Give you the greatest play in the whole playbook. I don't know. We'll see. I'm a Dobbins owner in Dynasty. So when he went down, I was looking at him or Elijah Mitchell and I was going to go, you know, second round, third round draft pick and just pick someone up and pray. I'm happy I did not take him. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. I'm also a Dobbins manager in Dynasty, but I, I picked him up knowing he was hurt. So looking for next year. Yeah. Same. It's my strategy. <laughs> All right. So score prediction, really interesting totally feel the the low scoring aspect of the game but i'm gonna be a little contrarian and say the ravens figure it out because it wasn't that long ago i was looking you know at our score predictions for the ravens and like the actual scores of the ravens we were like this offense is unstoppable the way that they're able to run the ball and like or the way they're able to pass with like lamar's like threat like how do you stop it no one knows and then now like it feels like oh you blitz them and you stop them and it's not as true as it was against the dolphins but definitely is something that slows down the ravens i think they keep improving though i think pittsburgh is a good game for them to kind of run effectively and then also maybe get the passing game rolling so i'm going to say that they're able to do some damage and win 27 to 10 but we're still all saying the under bet the under (laughs) (laughs) well thank you andrew for joining us it was a lot of fun talking the Steelers with you thanks for having me And yeah, guys, I guess uh, this wraps up another edition of Ravens Recap. Please uh, go ahead and give us a review on iTunes. If you haven't already, it would really help people uh, find us. And not iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Who am I kidding? What what year is this? Uh, You know, Spotify, (laughs) Google Podcasts, all the great podcasts. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Ravens underscore recap. Email us feedback at ravensrecap.com. Look out for those polls. We'll be asking questions that only you guys can answer. We appreciate you guys. Go Ravens. iTunes. Bro, you know what's you know why I said that? I actually already know why I said that. I was listening to a podcast today and I realized in his little like outro thing, he still says, like, leave a review on iTunes. And I'm like, bro, what year is this? I thought that to myself. And now it's in my head. <laughs>